not to derail the topic, but I saw an ad the other day for uh, what's it called? Do you know the the, the series Masterclass, where it's like oh I don't yeah. Know, some Yep. Yeah. Oh yes. Some oh the Hillary yeah. Clinton shit. Oh baby. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Get yeah. me where you fucking want me. Oh yes. <laughs> I saw that shit and I'll, I was like, okay, first of all, what are you teaching exactly? Because I watched her pitch. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it's like how to how to bomb Yugoslavia while, while fucking covering up your uh, your husband. Uh, you know, messing about with the fucking secretary. Absolute piece of shit. But still. Uh, but yeah, my question is, what the fuck is she possibly teaching? Because if you've watched the thing, her entire pitch is like. Like, oh, so you can be, like, uh, secure in yourself and to believe that you can do it. What is this fake motivational nonsense? You're like a... (laughs) They're pitching it as resilience. Ah, Uh okay. She's teaching how to be resilient, which I guess because she just keeps losing? I don't know. I guess, yeah, against Bill's sexual advances, maybe. Against (laughs) her own empathy and moral (laughs) compass, not letting her sleep at night. That's, uh, you gotta be really resilient for that. Didn't she, like, in the actual promo video, they say something like, uh, exclusive reading of the speech that she never got to say because the bitch lost, you know? Like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck? Oh. Yeah, they're 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 squeezing every last penny they can out of her. I swear, dude, the funniest shit that I ever I like I know this is old news now, but watching that presidential race between her and Trump, and how they kind of they really tried to push that woke point mm. really hard, despite her being like you know never you know being this oh I'm all for people of color and the LGBT and fucking oh the what the chauvinists and misogynists say well this shit what she was never about that. She oh. voted against gay marriage. Um, I don't think she's ever associated with a person of color publicly. <laughs> I mean, in front of a black audience, she was like, "Oh, was asked, oh, what's what do you always carry in your something you can't leave the house without, like in your purse?" And she was like, "Hot sauce, fucking hot sauce." Oh my god! Mm. By the way, fuck you. And I don't know anybody. I know some people who like hot sauce. I've never met a single dude or single person in my life who won't leave the house without fucking hot sauce. <laughs> Get fucked. Well, okay. Here, oh for here's a cultural difference for you. Here in Texas, they sell um, like holsters for your hot sauce. <laughs> you can so you can oh, carry okay. it with you to church and go to like a, a, a barbecue place after and drench your stuff in your so, hot sauce yeah, that you've got. So in your you holster. can shoot. Yeah, so you can shoot up your school and then go have <laughs> yeah. some fucking I don't know. Uh, okay. When the tacos and spicy enough afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending where she fucking gives a talk in front of black people, yeah. it's uh, hot sauce. Good that she didn't say fried chicken and all the other yeah. fucking insane shit. Yeah. In front of the Asians, she's like, huh, what are Asians like? Oh, yes, I cannot leave my house without a math book and uh, oh seven God. calculators in front of the Mexican. She's like, oh, man, I cannot go absolutely anywhere without the tequila. And uh, I, <laughs> one can make a whole series out of that. That would, for example, be a master class. How to be privileged upper class type of racist in front of, yeah. in front of people. It's, it, it would be very spicy, no pun intended. No wonder she lost, man. It was so fucking transparent. Her her entire vibe was like, oh, you know, like I'll publicly pat a black person on the back, but I wouldn't want that in my gated community. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's not the only one giving the master classes. She, Are there you, other uh, politicians? They had, oh yeah, they had George Bush on there. They've got a whole series. What? George W. Oh, my Bush Lord. is giving a master class. We should we should do a fucking reaction shit oh, to that. We should watch the bonus episode. <laughs> Isn't he a painter? Is he gonna teach us about how to paint? Yeah, he's gonna teach us how to paint. It's a fucking, you know, oh, casually forget my war crimes. <laughs> By the way, here's a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
Well, howdy, y'all. It's episode eight of the... Intros are hard. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) It's episode eight of the D program. That's hard to say. Today, we are talking about billionaires. We're going to talk about Daddy Jeff. We're going to talk about your boy Elon. We're also going to talk about some stuff my my American audience probably hasn't heard much about. So uh, Hakeem and Yugopnik both have some insights about billionaires in their parts of the world. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Boys, do we want to jump in? <laughs> sure. Before I before we start though, I just want to say <laughs> I don't know why I found this so funny, but the title of the stupid doc <clears throat> where we like keep our stupid notes. Uh instead of billionaires, I made a billionaire like bullion, like the stupid thing that you <laughs> use for cooking. Fuck that, that's not what's funny. <laughs> but I don't know why I felt that Bullion. Let's melt <laughs> let's melt them down for gelatin <laughs> for the gelatin. <laughs> I don't know why. Do human beings anyways, contain yeah. gelatin? Is that a thing? I guess I mean, of yeah, course. I mean, uh, Everything any, any breakdown it's gelatin's usually made out of uh, the the uh, tissue and like joints and whatnot. Ah, oh, that's right. Because I I know that like Jello was originally made from horses or something like that. I don't know. Probably I, I don't remember. You make gelatin yeah, you from definitely... pigs mostly and from like parts can, of a pig. Yeah, you can make gelatin from a billionaire. A pig, a billionaire. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah. Ah, don't offend pigs, bro. All right. So before we really get into the topic, I think it's going to be important to conceptualize what a billion dollars looks like because that is such a massive number i think people tend to just say oh it's you know he's a billionaire whatever but that is an almost unfathomable amount of money so let me let's let's do a little let's do a little time travel here let's go back in time imagine mm-hmm. it's way back in the time of our lord and savior jesus christ who was born around 4 bce right if you got a job that paid $2000 an hour and worked 40 hours per week 52 weeks per year never took vacation or sick days, you ignored inflation, you never paid taxes, and you never spent a single cent. In 35 years, you know, normal lifetime of work, roughly, you would have made $145 million. You know, that's, that's a lot of money, but hmm, that's, that's not really all that much compared to Daddy Jeff. Okay, let's, let's <laughs> pretend you're immortal then. Let's just pretend you keep on working. 20 years later, you'd hit $229 million. Okay, still not that much. Fast forward to the year 237 CE, and you finally hit a billion dollars. It only took you 241 years of full-time work at an absurd wage, right? Like, you're not going to find a $2,000 per hour wage. By 478 CE, you would have made your 2 billionth dollar. By the year 1000, you'd have made $4.2 billion. Eventually, some guy called Columbus comes along and genocides the native population, and you've made $6.2 billion and worked for 1,504 years. A bunch of dudes in white wigs come along, decide Britain sucks, and sign a piece of paper. You've made $7.9 billion. Everyone around you has frosted tips and puka shell necklaces, and you've made $8.3 billion and worked for 2,003 years. Alright, fast forward to this year. After working for 2,025 years, at 40 hours per week, 52 weeks per year, no vacation, no sick days, no taxes, and never spending a single cent, you've made $8.4 billion. In 2,025 years of work, you've earned one thirty-third of Elon Musk's net worth. Okay, <laughs> so just to conceptualize that a little bit, 2,000 years, one thirty-third of Elon Musk's worth, all right? No one earns a billion dollars. So working at that rate, $2,000 an hour, you can't, it's, it's impossible. You, you cannot earn physically $1 billion by working for a wage, and certainly not $263 billion. So that, to me helps to put it in perspective of, of what we're talking about here. It is impossible for any human being to earn a billion dollars by their labor. So if that's the case, 
fellas, how do people end up with these massive sums of money? How does Elon end up a multi-hundred billionaire? My plan is NFTs. I will buy a <laughs> monkey and uh, I will put uh, different color teeth on it and then... Uh, <laughs> In those less than 2005 guys. years, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, those creatures apes. Uh, and probably achieve the same thing that Elon managed to in his uh, very short, uh, confusing uh, South African lifestyle. JT, what's confusing? Like, the, the fundamental issue here is that uh, you're not looking at enough inspirational, motivational Instagram posts oh, yeah. with the Wolf of Wall Street pictures behind them. You're right. Okay? <laughs> and you're not, this doesn't seem like a bootstrap attitude. I don't right? have a grind Ooh, this... set. Oh, that's it. Exactly. Mindset <laughs> for the grind set. <laughs> the Sigma <laughs> grind set. Like this person you just described, like spent what, two point, uh, over 2,000 years and they at no point invested. They at no point opened a business with thousands of employees. They at no point managed to trick the system into uh, creating wealth for them while they sit on their ass. Uh, it's it's uh, all in your limited mentality, JT. You think like oh. a worker. You think like a wage mm. slave. You think like one of those... Like a sheep. Billion- like a sheep, billions of sheep. You got to be the black sheep, my bro. You got to like check out the new tech, my bro. You got to check out the crypto, the NFT, my bro. You got to do some online influencing, my bro. You got to sell some <laughs> drop very cool fucking <laughs> yeah. drop shipping tutorials. Not just drop shipping, my bro. That shit is old, my bro. You can fucking do, uh, you can, you can sell, uh, you can drop ship courses on drop shipping and then make a course about drop shipping courses about drop shipping you know like <laughs> you you order a course on drop shipping from aliexpress and it He's gets going. drop shipped to you baby boy okay it's all about the grind it's all about the hustle my man not waiting for two and a half thousand fucking years none of these billionaires that we're going to be discussing today were sheep like you my bro they were not white oh, sheep like you, my bro. Wolves. They were black sheep. They were wolves. They were the bull. They were the dominating <laughs> okay, force. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> enough. Enough. Uh, but yeah, the general trend of this is like the point of criticism is that, yeah, like JT said, nobody makes a billion dollars through their own hard work. They make it through other avenues. What are those other avenues? Usually they're reliant on two things. Um, the first one is surplus extraction from workers, meaning that workers are not remunerated. They're not. Compensated. They're not compensated. Yeah, exactly. They're not compensated for their fur- for their full uh, amount of labor, right? They work eight hours. You pay them for the equivalent of two hours, if not less. And then the rest of the value that they produce is then basically funneled to you, which you either just adds it either just adds directly to your net worth, or you reinvest it into the uh, circuit of capital, which then also adds to your net worth. That's one way. This somewhat hidden transaction that occurs uh, every second of every minute of every day under capitalism. Meanwhile, on the other hand, you have things that are far more blatant. For example, wage theft um, or other contract bullshittery, you can call it, right? You're going to be paid 39-hour contracts. So we're not going to have to pay for, you know, uh, health care or your insurances of any kind. Uh, or, you know, you kind of make them work overtime, but you don't allow them for, uh, you don't allow them to clock overtime. Uh, or basically just outright uh, theft. For example, in the restaurant business, it is fairly frequent that tips, even like in American m- restaurants, it happens that uh, sometimes uh, management takes tips or portions of tips from uh, waiting staff. So that's an example of like uh, more catering industry or you know this sort of stuff. While in manufacturing, it's more uh, of the type of surplus extraction and more direct sense of the word. 
Of course, there are many more uh, ways that uh, wealth is uh, created, uh, quote-unquote wealth, I mean like wealth in the capitalist sense, for example, through uh, stock invest or just investments in general. Uh, but you have to remember that investments more or less derive value also um, overall from similar methods, usually also surplus extraction. Uh, or if it, come, if it comes uh, to uh, things that regard international trade and unequal exchange or, and, and, and trade between uh, imperial periphery and imperial core countries, um, TLDR, there's nothing ethical about capitalism, and none of this, none of this money that's made, uh, this wealth that's created, is in any way, shape, or form earned. It's mm. much more, com- it's m- much more common that it's uh, stolen in one way or the other. That's just my TLDR point. And not just stolen. Very often, idiots uh, directly put money into incredibly wealthy individuals on the basis of estimates of what their potential future value could be. I mean, ninety percent of the top 50 highest ranked uh, by income and by stock value companies right now are overinflated by two three hundred percent because people think that eventually they're going to be worth more and they keep dumping more and more money into it and because of the way the market works uh, it proves its own model to itself when more and more people are pushing money into it so it's kind of like a self-eating snake which uh, eventually has to end up eating its own its whole body but until that moment a lot of people especially the people that jump out of uh, jump out of owning the stock at the particularly potent and smart time uh, are going to be the only ones that actually make extra extra value out of it i mean yes uh, extremely wealthy people get there through 150 different uh, methods uh, which have been a part of this system since uh, the moment it was created but what's very interesting about uh, modern or late stage capitalism or whatever you want to call it is that it's not even delivering on the original promises of okay your brilliant idea for which afterwards in order to develop you exploit thousands of people you yes are going to become incredibly wealthy but at least you have given something uh, specific and something real to the world uh, and that's why you deserve to be an ubermensch super class which gets to live in the live in the skies but nowadays because most ideas have already been developed or I, in se- like very impressive ideas that we might have and not have the current technology to do cannot actually be achieved most uh, most corporations will just make money for the sake of money and make money out of money without even creating any value of Obviously, they're not creating any value for the employee, but not even the end customer. I mean, how many times does that dildo-shaped rocket have to fly up in the sky and then fall? How many times do they have to pitch underground electric car tunnels? How many flamethrowers do they have to sell you and call it a brilliant uh, uh, business idea before we realize that these people who are supposed to be the ideologues of the future and these great carriers of progress uh, are at the end of the day a bunch of con men that are not really giving anything of substance to you except uh, turning cash into even more cash the last argument left in these people's pockets uh, is at this point completely illegitimate and gone and their usefulness together with their parasitic nature of wealth hoarding leaves absolutely even in the perspective of a even capitalist in my opinion leaves almost no argument to be had for certain people to have this much immense immense wealth yeah so. TLDR, uh, invest in crypto <laughs> and, 
<laughs> right. Invest in crypto and the market fulfills a need. Okay, that's that's your tail there. Sorry, JT, I cut you off. No, that's you're you're good. Uh, I was just gonna say what we're basically saying is there is no such thing as an ethical billionaire, right? The only way you can make a billion dollars is by exploiting others, exploiting the system, or producing something incredibly damaging to human life or the planet, like Harry Potter. In the, in the case of J.K. Rowling, <laughs> <laughs> but but I have heard I have heard read people, another book. <laughs> I know, I I agree. But I have heard people say that of the billionaires, she's the least exploitative. And I'd be curious to hear what you guys think about that because like she wrote a book that ended up becoming a phenomenon, and now she's a billionaire. What do we what do we think of her? Who the lady that I mean, believes in magic but doesn't believe in trans people? Yep, that's the one. <laughs> That's so fucking yeah, dude. No, uh, she deserves the bullet only because it, for one reason alone. Every fucking liberal from now until time, until the end of fucking time, will always draw stupid comparisons, <laughs> like political comparisons to those shitty books. All right, fucking oh, fucking Hillary's Hufflepuff. Or fuck, I don't care. Fuck off. Jesus. Read another, you know, there's a joke. It's like, oh, liberal, uh, liberals don't read the theory. Think again, honey. It's a picture. (laughs) (laughs) Savage. She's a billionaire, though? Yeah, yep. How? I guess her Harry Potter empire. I mean, she's got all those, the movies, the spinoffs. Let me look up what she's actually worth. JK. Jesus Christ. Net worth. Is this what garbage people read? What the fuck? I mean, okay, yeah, whatever. If you're, like, in third grade and you want to, you know, uh expand your vocabulary roughly they say roughly one billion in u.s dollars yeah well fuck her okay for all the people listening please read another book okay <laughs> at least <laughs> read lovecraft at least he's an entertaining Ooh, lovecraft yeah <laughs> yeah his books are wacky yeah i love i love lovecraft he's one of my favorite authors and by the way the stupid uh, like oh race and blah blah, blah. yeah he's a product of his time doesn't excuse it i know but uh, don't look up what he named his cat yeah i'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> 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 By the way, uh, minor tidbit: that wasn't he wasn't the one that named the cat that; it was his dad. So, but that, not like it makes it any better. But just he continued using the term, but he didn't originally. Lovecraft's it. dad canceled. <laughs> oh fuck! Um, stupid. Actually, another stupid tidbit about Lovecraft that we can return. Uh, one of the characters, especially uh, in, in in the general canon, uh, the the one who discovered the Necronomicon is a uh, what what Lovecraft calls the Mad Arab Abdul Al Hazred is what he says. Mm-hmm. Like all Hazred, like he's read everything. Al Hazred, Abdul Al Hazred. This makes no fucking sense grammatically in Arabic. You can't <laughs> just have a name Abdul. It's Abdul something, right? You can't just have. Right, and by the way, of course, the eternal pain of being forced to say Abdul instead of Abdul, but whatever, that's a stupid, <laughs> <laughs> unnecessary side tangent. Okay, uh, billionaires. Um, how about this? Most people are familiar with the fucking uh, Bezoses and and Musks and whatever the fuck. Uh, how about you go, Plink, and I? We can talk a little bit about our brand of billionaires. Uh, you go, Plink. Do you want to start us off? Okay. Yeah. So. Uh... The story of Eastern European billionaires is at the same time vastly different to that of their Western colleagues, if we can call them that, while at the end of the day, not really being different at all, if that makes sense. Like the West likes to refer to our billionaires as oligarchs, which according to Merriam-Webster implies that they have great wealth, but more importantly are in direct connection to the political elites of the country. I mean, I take no offense to this term, which is 
often used by Western good, legal, and uh, kind billionaires to distance themselves from the foreign violent criminal billionaire. You know, the... The Washington Post uses it, okay, please. It's oh, a legitimate term. It is, it is, brother. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos owned, is Washington Owned by Post. a guy who's definitely not an oligarch. But, but yeah. it's kind of like it feels to me like the nerd trying to distance himself from the jock of sorts, you know, the Western billionaire, the Eastern billionaire. And not only do I not take any offense on this, but I would rightfully prefer for it to be expanded to the Western billionaire mass as well, at least a very large majority of it, because the Western billionaire, as we all know, through lobbying, think tanks and good old bribery is very much in control in direct control of the political elites of Western Europe, of the States or Canada, etc., etc., places where if you're a billionaire from there, you're definitely not ever, ever an oligarch. You know, they are the posh, uh, they are the posh oligarchs and the techie oligarchs, which, as I previously said, seem to really distance themselves from a billionaire class they perceive as, I don't know, too dirty to associate with. But okay, let's call the Eastern Europeans oligarchs. So. You have more than a few types of oligarchs, Eastern European oligarchs, be it the minority, which was spawned out of the rotten section of the already decaying Communist Party at the time, spreading like wildfire after the amazing liberalization in the 80s, or the <laughs> later oligarchs born out of the era of transition, as we like to call it here, or the era of uh, privatization, oh yes, as the academics like to Shock call it. Shock capitalism. <laughs> Capitalism is coming. Uh, or like what I like to call it, I don't know, the era where nobody knew who's drinking or who's buying the drinks. So <laughs> I, Russia's first millionaire, for example, legal millionaire, uh, it was the 10th person, the Soviet Union's actually first legal millionaire, not Russians, legally was the 10th person to own a cooperative officially registered in Moscow, which was shut down later by Moscow authorities as quote-unquote amoral, dangerous to society and contrary to socialist principles. He had <laughs> started, guess what, a dating service. Yeah, an old <laughs> Soviet Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> which he made a lot of money out of and then moved into different car services and so on. But he made his real money in computers. So since the USSR, this is a millionaire, not a billionaire. So since the USSR wasn't making computers for everyday use, he made uh, sure to export different Soviet products en masse internationally. And in return, instead of cash, he would take PCs, which he will then later sell in the Soviet Union, which had no, no like consumer PCs and stuff, for insane bang on the buck. That and obviously 15 other schemes. And what came after this man, who is a small fish but deserves credit for being you know, the first one, is two decades of such money-making that the stories on how they did it still circle on dinner tables to this day. I mean, the schemes varied greatly, but were mostly based around either, as I said, manipulating the very innocent virgin-like changes that came with uh, perestroika. For those who don't know what it is, please, please Google it. Uh, like, for example, insane stuff like selling drunk metal was insanely profitable. Why? It, because in the Soviet Union, we had a country with, what, fixed prices on everything which made drunk metal a basically useless thing because recycling didn't exist back then, it made it basically free. 
So why not buy insane qualities of junk metal in the Soviet Union and sell it abroad where the banks in the beautiful, beautiful market made it cost 100 times more than what you bought it for? I think Oleg Deripaska or uh, some other dude came up with this with a specific scheme. But uh, don't get me even started on privatization, for example. Old communist enterprises, especially those dealing in natural resources, uh, were supposed to be privatized and shared amongst workers and citizens alike. An opportunity which was taken by those more informed and those uh, more educated uh, to pretty much uh, fuck over everyone else and ended up owning every single aspect of both uh, Russian industry, but more importantly, uh, Russian natural resources, which, as we all know, are very vast. So 90s Russia basically was an ANCAP's wet dream. <laughs> the market was God and those educated by the Soviet Union, ironically, unfortunately, used their knowledge to rob their neighbors in bulk. Mm. You know, when you rob look at blind, yeah. most of today's richest Russian billionaires, you can both find those whose parents were high ranking party members who ended up using their privilege to gain their wealth but also a lot of standard working class people with a loose moral compass who managed to turn a whole mm. system on its head and make crazy money. Uh, but one thing is shared amongst all of them, uh, which is practically eating the leftovers of the Soviet Union during the era of privatization with the support, very important to note, of actually the Bush Foundation and the now allied Western free market brothers and sisters. And that kind of covers Russia uh, and more importantly, Eastern Europe. And in the Balkans, I'll be very quick. You had a kind of similar picture, but because of the wars, most billionaires born out of the 90s were close allies to the different emerging nationalist figures for whom they ran the new banks, laundered blood money, and directly looked over, you know, whole sections of different industries. Basically, they're capitalist apparatchiks, right? Uh, <laughs> something that uh, a lot of them very wisely ended up owning after the dictators were either arrested, killed, or put uh, in prison. And then they used those enterprises that were built during uh, the war the war era, post-socialist war era, to, you know, turn one company into five, turn those five mm. into 50, turn those 15 into 500, and uh, turn from uh, millionaires to literal billionaires. So yes, there is a bit of a difference between the Eastern European and the Western billionaire, but at the end of the day, most of them share the ideal and the lack of scruples, which allows them to uh, never be satisfied by either how much they have, how much they can potentially have. And that hunger, that innate uh, uh, anti-human, in my opinion, hunger is what, uh, what leads most of these people to turn from just successful businessmen into these People who, in Russia's case, after the Soviet Union fell, owned more than 60% of the economy. And I think it was like only 40 people. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to add on that a bit, uh, something interesting to mention with the Eastern European variety. Um, 
or just generally, because I'm going to tie it into like uh, the the uh, West Asian, North African example of billionaires as well in a little bit. Um, but uh, I remember uh, I actually have personal experience with a person with, with uh, someone who became massively wealthy uh through this like post uh, socialist collapse uh, and through basically bullshit I'll just give you a quick rundown uh, this was a guy that I I don't know directly but I happened to meet him through some medical bullshit um uh, basically in when Czechoslovakia uh, was transitioning towards the late 80s um, from socialism to capitalism uh, everything fucking fell apart right mass privatization quote unquote shock capitalism um, uh, people lost uh, jobs lost homes um, and uh, prices of every shortages across everywhere and prices fucking through the roof um, inflation every shitty thing that could happen to a population basically did happen um, and this guy happened to basically have a a like business um, that uh, had many cars, basically uh, many um, vans. Uh, and what he decided to do was during this uh, like collapse uh, period, he would drive across the border from Czechoslovakia into Austria and buy up things that people need in Czechoslovakia that are that people can't get a hold of. Simple things like um, diapers and uh, women's sanitary uh, products, even sometimes like basic foodstuffs, shit like that. Uh, and he would basically drive across, fill these vans with very cheap like Austrian goods or even beyond, and then he'd come back into Czechoslovakia and he'd sell them at massive uh, markups, basically because these people have nowhere else to go. You, if It's either you get diapers from this guy or you don't get diapers at all, basically. Um, so people would fork up the money one way or another, and he became massively, like stupidly wealthy. I'm pretty sure, sure he's a millionaire by today's standards, um, by basically being a piece of shit and uh, playing on the local scarcity of the population. And if you look into history, vast majority of billionaires are like this, um, uh, the, or their families at least, those who come from money. Either they themselves did something horrible to get it, or an ancestor did, or the very smallest minority is, oh, they got lucky. You know, but the vast majority of them uh, were, you know, through violence, acquired land or property or wealth or what have you, and then lived off of rent or played off of scarcity or uh, forcibly made scarcity situations in which they can price gouge, etc., etc. Now, this leads, I think, uh, into the discussion of uh, like the my area <laughs> of billionaires. It's a little different from Eastern Europe, and it's it's in between the two. Uh, you have the two roads. The first one is through government nepotism uh, and and uh, basically what's it called uh, corruption, where you have some guy who's usually probably uh, the head of some local ministry, uh, and because he has all the power uh, within this ministry, he can uh, consolidate power, get a proper assets and connections and whatnot, and then start his own little business uh, that he gives um, preferential contracts, uh, government contracts to. The, his own business, um, and he'd get massively wealthy like this. So corruption, nepotism. Um, that's more common, for example, in modern Iraq. Uh, it is very common, very fucking common. Um, you cannot meet a person who uh, within the government that doesn't have some fucking stupid scheme like this. Um, and on the other side, you have people from very old established families that have been wealthy since Ottoman times, basically. So this maybe they're a large. They used to be a large landowning family during Ottoman times, more than two hundred years ago, and then they turned their their, um, uh, rent-seeking uh, wealth uh, into capital that they basically moved into basic industry at some level. Usually food production is a very common one. Um, and then they've just kind of remained wealthy that way. These are the two. Yeah, L a little... Uh, not as exciting as the uh, <laughs> Eastern European <laughs> example. Um, no, it is sorry. very interesting. But, like, for example, in specifically where you live, uh, mm. 
there was obviously a 10 plus year active conflict zone etc etc and did you oh, yeah they did stole you, the shit yeah, did you see a lot of obviously westerners pillaged uh, your country completely but did you see mm, a lot yeah. of local individuals uh, taking advantage of the situation and making for sure. making great wealth for themselves yeah. during that time dude illegal illegal oil selling and shit like that was insane uh, like shit like, by the way it still happens i don't want to pretend like this doesn't happen but this is a thing like uh, a guy again like i said exactly some dude with a local position in some shady ministry will have a little bit of power under himself and this will be like a a mode a way of getting him to getting a little more wealth to him but usually it's the bigger fish let's say who would uh, monopolize contracts like government contracts in themselves that's a very common thing another thing uh, the capitalism in the in these parts isn't as highly developed uh, as in in western europe and north america so what you end up with is usually for example iraq had nationalized industry before so after uh, the illegal invasion aggression uh, of the united states against iraq the formerly nationalized uh, industry was loosely privatized but there was still a very small um, uh, selection of them right mm-hmm. so there wasn't really much competition between them so they had every push to 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 uh, be able to monopolize whatever market they have to uh, cannibalize whatever revenue that they could get whatever profits can be generated without caring too much for uh, competitive pressure um like for example what would exist in western europe so in a weird way capital is a lot more centralized but it's this centralization of capital is a result of um formerly nationalized industry and you look you see very weird things like sometimes some industries you start seeing this weird proliferation like it is a big one uh where you see many new companies pop up so there's diversification in that field but then other sides usually the more traditional um mining petrol natural resources stuff like that it becomes even more consolidated um yeah because yeah, for that's those you trend. need insane amounts of capital to even get started let alone continue to upkeep and then in the cases uh, where there is corruption involved obviously to pay off the right people and stay in business while the smaller ones who cannot afford to pay up the cannot uh, compete with you quite literally so it's literally the bigger fish eating the smaller fish as cliche as it sounds very often outside of the west i mean in the west as well but outside of the west it's literally you try to get it capital and then you make uh, as the bulls and the lions like to say make the (laughs) money work for you but no it literally is such a case because a lot of us like don't have a lot, a, a, many sections of the world don't, for example, have these massive investment funds and hedge funds, mm. which will actually come to your little startup where you made your little app and be like, okay, we're going to throw uh, millions or even billions at you in order to develop this because we see, for example, potential, etc., etc. There's nobody that's going to come and listen. Okay, nowadays, maybe there's nobody going to come and listen to a fucking Bosnian app developer. No, he knows that he <laughs> needs to uh, turn his dad's taxi business of 10 cars into 100 and then hope that his son can turn it into a fleet of 1,000 and then with that money start the bus business and then from the bus business maybe buy a few planes and expand in that direction. The, the business logic here is is very different than, than what I noticed with a lot of Americans that I work with, worked with, and a lot of them that I studied with even. The, the, the logic is, is very different. It's not quote-unquote entrepreneurial, even though nowadays they're selling it down our fucking throats every fucking day everybody's an entrepreneur slash ceo of a startup on fucking linkedin which by the way is the worst website ever fucking designed <laughs> but yeah the, the, the way the money and wealth accumulation kind of works is similar but at the same time a bit different like the basics are the same 
make capital pay your employees as least as possible but then the the way the path on getting to your first million might be a bit different or your first billion but growing it afterwards is the same be it in probably baghdad moscow or uh, houston you know I'm I'm hearing a lot of communist talking points here today, okay? <laughs> you guys just don't want to embrace the new trend of polywork that millennials oh, are all God. about, okay? I'm super up for it, bro, <laughs> man. I, I, the polywork people are so weak. They're like, what, 10 people in a room? Man, no, in one yeah. bed there should be 10 people. That's how you fucking do it. That's the grind. That's how you save money. Yeah. I love how no, literally no. I've never heard this term. I've never heard anybody talk about wanting to work multiple jobs. But they're like, oh, the cool hip new millennials. Oh yeah, they're, they're constantly the putting way, millennials. out. They're putting out stories like that. Like millennials don't want to own anything. They love it. They love not owning a home. They want to rent forever and have five jobs. Like no, no, we don't. And I love, I love also this weird fucking. This pervasive idea still that millennials are somehow like 19-year-old. Yeah. Hit, you know, uh, most millennials, I think, are like into their working lives. Some of them have – a lot of them have fucking kids. Yeah, the oldest <laughs> millennials know? are 40 years old. But yeah, so that's a very, very good point. Uh, sorry to derail my stupidity. <laughs> um, I was thinking as well, the general ideas of, of, of uh, billionaires, how they go about presenting themselves is also very interesting. I think it can merit some attention, we could mm. say. Yeah, so Hakeem, what you were saying about how they, how these billionaires present themselves, I think is super critical to understanding um, the role they play in society today, especially in places like the U.S., which has like a, a billionaire worship mentality. So mm. like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, the rest of the, the space boys, they always try to present themselves as like real life Tony Stark, like Iron Man. Like they have these amazing groundbreaking inventions Um when in, in reality, but, like... Uh, not, none of which they've worked on, by exactly. the way. Exactly. just fucking th- throw some money at an engineer and be like, make it work. By groundbreaking, yeah. it's it breaks on the ground. Then, yes, ground. Yeah, like, like Elon <laughs> so, Musk's sorry, tunnels, G-G-G. like, collapsing. And it's like, yeah, congratulations, Elon. You made trains worse in every possible yeah. way. They can carry fewer people, <laughs> and people die in these cars that, like, always burst into flames underground with no escape <laughs> tunnels. So, great work. Um, but, yeah, the, I think... The image thing is very important to them. They're they're constantly doing this this race to be seen as the greatest potential savior of humanity. Like Elon Musk has has always been talking about, hey, we're going to get humanity off this rock. We're going to go to Mars. You know, despite Mars, of course, being far less habitable than the the rock we currently mm-hmm. inhabit, and we would never <laughs> be able to terraform it to a fraction of the livability of Earth. But now you've got people like. Um, like Bezos getting in on it. He went up on his rocket recently. Um, congratulations again to the billionaires for doing something that the public sector did, you know, 50 years ago. <laughs> 50, <laughs> more like 80. What the fuck? Jeez, yeah. <laughs> it's absurd. But yeah, that's. I think that is the most important thing to understand about um, these these people. They're not they're not Iron Man. They're not doing anything groundbreaking. They're doing things that have been done before at tremendous cost. And they just want to be seen as heroes. And that's that's all there is to it, really. Exactly. They keep raising the bar. And indirectly, that quote-unquote bar that people, especially shills, perceive them as to be raising, kind of indirectly influences every single one of our lives in kind of a not only financial way, but a bit of a different like lifestyle way, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, to me, for example, I find it super interesting that the modern wedding, right, life's signature happy day well 
Americans specifically spend on average for weddings three times more in the last five, six years than they did in the previous 15. And like nobody believes that marrying couples are happier because they spend so much more on weddings now. So why do we spend so much more? And yes, this sounds like where the fuck is he going with this point? But no, listen. So why do we spend <laughs> so much more? Because people at the top have so much more. So they're spending more on their own celebrations, on their own spacecraft shit. And they set the consumption standard, what academics I think call it that, they set the consumption standard so high that uh, they unleash so-called expenditure cascades, which hurt people at every income level by making them feel increasing pressure to reach the higher consumption bar that those directly above them have set. So you are already alienated from your labor. You already have a fucking wife or husband that hates you. You fucking already uh, despise the route you take every morning to your job. And when you turn on the TV, there's this person who you can never even imagine of reaching, flying up in a, in a spaceship around, uh, around the globe. So that gives you an argument not really an argument that gives you such intense insecurity that it kind of forces you to overspend and overindulge in order to, in your small, minuscule way, try to keep up with, uh, with the billionaires. So what JT said was extremely important because this also, yes, this happens among us working class people and podcasters, the most working class people in the world, uh, <laughs> most difficult job I have ever heard of, but it also influences the billionaires themselves. I mean, it's like kids on a playground and who has a bigger toy, right? Or adult males and uh, who has a bigger trunk in his car. <laughs> Hey, what did you think I'm going to say? Uh, so, so they're going to continuously be inventing. Uh, not, they're not even inventing. They're going to continuously be stealing concepts from sci-fis that were written 100 years ago uh, in order to create products or services which can outcompete their their equally egomaniac uh, billionaire competitors, quote-unquote. This is a lot of... With all this talk about lifestyle inflation, of course, none of this is very Sigma of you guys, all right? <laughs> if it, I need to drop $15,000 on a gender reveal, and if it doesn't burn down half of California, <laughs> was it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, stupid. All right. Oh, that, was, that, was <laughs> that was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, 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 you man, killed him. It it's okay. I'm oh, burning down half the city with my gender reveal. <laughs> Look, your life is sick. So, like, like how, how does right. a billionaire do gender reveal? They, uh, they kidnap two homeless people and they take a massive syringe, uh, fill it with paint, and then they inject oh, red God. paint and blue oh, paint Jesus. into their brain. And then uh, <laughs> the gender reveal is they like uh, he gives his wife the gun and, and she's like, is it a boy or a girl? And he's like, shoot the left homeless guy. Bam! Shoot <laughs> and his <laughs> brain Jesus explodes Christ. in red and it's a girl. Very creative imagination, have you? I was yeah. thinking you were gonna go, you know, type of <laughs> type of <laughs> seizure that for the fucking Jacksonian March is. You know what yeah, they don't say? Don't let become a billionaire. The worst, <laughs> the worst. You know what's the worst boss? Mm. An ex-communist. 
Oh, uh, because I he's mean. given up on the, his ideals while still knowing that everything is fucked. So he's like, I might as well go the extra way. Like, fuck everybody. You know, I will eat everyone. I am Sigma. Mm. That is Sigma. Oh, a Sigma communist is a capitalist, and a Sigma capitalist is a communist. We're onto something. This is book material, baby. Right. De- book material. De- de- develop this. Develop this on your own time. Very eager for your eventual book. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh, I can't wait for the blurb on the back. Yeah, <laughs> blow the brains out of all those people. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff I love. All right, I was thinking this could lead to something a bit more, uh, a bit more lighthearted, a bit more fun, because we can still talk about about uh, billionaires, how much they suck. But there's a couple of arguments that you usually hear. Um, of course, uh, today I'm the one with the with a stupid hat. Today uh, I'm the one with the uh, dumbass fucking uh, Corey. Uh, the general presentation of billionaires, you, whenever you talk about them, you're going to see a few bootlickers and a few fucking temporary, temporarily embarrassed millionaires of that type uh, who will try to bullshit argument their way into something semi-coherent. I'm going to, you know, throw a couple of these at you guys, and I just want to hear what you guys have to, to, to say about them. All right, the first one is, whenever you talk shit about a billionaire, they're going to tell you, but they worked hard for it. Mm. What do you guys say? Everyone who works works hard. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's frustrating because, like, if if someone is working, you know, eighteen hours a day down in a mine, he's working a hell of a lot harder than than Jeff Bezos, like, who decided to sell books online. Like, there's the hard work argument is is just an empty one to me at its face. I don't think there needs to be anything more that needs to be said. I mean, hard work is hard work like one is not more deserving of a billion dollars than another so but that's just my take you Kopnik, what do you think i mean I, I agree completely what is harder work and less hard work i think that's a very ungrateful way of even looking at labor mm. because it's so mm. vast and so diverse uh but you can never ever tell me that uh even a ceo has a harder time than uh, somebody who works in a mine or fuck it somebody who works in a kitchen or somebody who washes dishes or somebody who drives a cross-country truck like (laughs) that's not fucking easier (laughs) than uh the you know it's not easier than being a ceo with no debate guys please the 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 30 minute uh online meeting that you have before (laughs) your personal chef makes you Uh. (laughs) makes your quinoa soaked in fucking orphan blood (laughs) that's fucking that's very hard work but no no this this is a something to tie into this which i really find fucking annoying if this idea of hard work really was was true, then the average Kenyan tea farmer or the guy, the, the Bolivian mine worker or any any clothes worker in Bangladesh, right? These people would be, oh, multimillionaires because yeah. they work so hard. But no, fuck you. Their, their, their uh, surplus value and the, the value they produce overall is being stolen, is being directly taken from them to make somebody else richer. This is a stupid fucking argument. And that's why usually once you tell them, once you point this out and they realize the fucking the, the stupidity of what they just said, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, but what I meant to say was actually uh, billionaires, they work smarter. You're supposed to work smarter, not harder. <laughs> mm, yes. Uh-huh. What do you guys say about and this? What a smart, what a smarter <laughs> mean make somebody else uh, work for you. That That's what they always yeah. mean. Instead means of get a, get a loan of a billion dollars from your, oh, of a million dollars from your dad. That's yeah, exactly. I mean, smart usually just means 
sneaky, tricky, exploitative, taking advantage of mm. other people, having no moral compass, basically. That's what like smart podcasting. Means. Yeah, what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. like podcasting, like <laughs> us. Yeah, we're smart. But no, what was, uh, what was I going to fucking say? Yeah, uh, what really annoys me about this working smarter idea is. Uh, most of the people who quote unquote do work smart, most of the people who actually put a lot of time into education and development of their skills and whatnot, tend to not be the people who, yeah. who end up being massively wealthy. Um, Bezos and Musk and the fucking Walton family, all the shit, they're not wealthy because they're intelligent. They're wealthy because they hired people who are very intelligent to basically run their, their businesses for them at, you know, maybe decent wages. Maybe some of them get paid even very, very well. Um, but an engineer that gets paid, I don't know, $140,000 a year um, to basically develop the new Tesla tech. Uh, meanwhile, fucking Musk is worth, what, now $300 billion or some shit? Yeah. Isn't exactly uh, fair to the person who actually did work smart and develop themselves into what would be the technology of the future. I'm not saying that fucking Tesla is the technology future what i'm trying to get across is these engineers who actually put their minds to work and then uh same with everybody um mathematicians physicists fucking doctors okay i'm not, not to <laughs> fucking stroke my own asshole but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know exactly what i mean like people who do put in a lot of work don't usually end up being the ones uh who are the wealthiest in society yeah. um usually it's the the business types ooh, because they find ways of taking money from other people because when people work smart they quote unquote work smart people who put in a lot of time into education and and into practicing their craft whatever it may be usually end up making money only uh to the level that's possible within their own ability to work so yeah. the harder they work within their individual capacity uh the more money they'll make but that reaches a cap the business types and all these people that ooh work smart crowd these people work hard by making other people taking other people's fucking money um which is why they end up being so massively by like magnitudes uh wealthier uh than you know the people actually do the work an example yeah. of working smarter quote unquote from my part of the world is luke oil <laughs> most of you know that that is one of the largest oil refinery and oil companies in the world uh, the owner, uh, quite uh, intelligently and through working very smart, chose not to pay his employees for five, six months. They started starving and then he went to them and he was like, hey, uh, you're starving. Let me buy those uh, stocks that you have uh, in this firm mm -hmm. that uh, the Soviet Union gave you after collapsing and privatizing and you'll have some money to buy some tomatoes and cucumbers and actually survive. Obviously, those people starving sold their stocks for, I think it was $30 uh, each. And that uh, brilliant individual who worked really smart then became the owner of some of the world's largest oil fields in a matter of a few days in a very smartly planned manner through which he quite literally starved his employees yeah. but as a fellow by the way his fellow countrymen too don't let's not forget the yeah. incredibly anti-patriotic angle of this fucking you know but yeah sorry literal on. fucking animals but i yeah. like that's a that's like a little sad thing but i want to rem remind everybody that when they use these stupid fucking arguments against you use them against them as an employee so what work harder okay you know what clock in late clock out early 
fucking, if you work from home, sleep when you're supposed to be fucking working. <laughs> if they're expecting a certain amount of hours for you to input before it's sent to the client, whatever fucking thing is, it, it is, if it, they require for 20 hours for you to do it, do it for 10, do it for 5. These fucking managers above, you don't even know or understand most likely the quality mm. uh, which uh, would require 20 hours versus 10 versus 40. Work smart against your wage giver because at the end of the day, he is giving you far less than what you are making him. So yeah. take it on you to balance it out a bit, you know, and... Uh, you know, always, always remember that you can try and fuck them as hard as they're fucking you. Obviously, you don't have all the power, so you cannot fuck them because we live in a system where the owner has more power. But you, you can still, but you yeah. can still spit back. You can still push back. You can still uh, uh, do your little part to make your life easier, more relaxed. Yeah. So yes, work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody buy something yeah. for a hundred bucks, put ninety back in the cash register. <laughs> don't try that in the very states valid. they'll execute you very, behind the store <laughs> very valid of you but no i was gonna say something else um the one last point about the annoying work smarter bullshit is usually working smarter what that means is there's somebody who already has money from something like massive amounts of it mm -hmm. because oh fucking daddy owns massive amounts of land because you know he killed the natives there or um they fucking stole a lot of wealth and then basically just kind of funneled it into something quote-unquote respectable um etc etc so they through illicit means gained a lot of wealth maybe not them but their family at least did uh and then they take this wealth and just use it as a as a advantage to gain further wealth you know money begets money uh, against other people it's such a stupid and um uh, un-nuanced is that even a word can, can i yeah un-nuanced sure. point that yeah i don't that, know uh, yeah so it <laughs> The, the amount the amount of fucking issues with it uh, is is uh, yeah staggering. But yeah. hold on, hold on. When people say this stuff, right? Um, Baby, hold on. You know, <laughs> when you when you start arguing back and forth, they're gonna be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We all have the same twenty four hours, uh, okay? Uh. <laughs> JT, please, can you let me know? Do we all have the same twenty four hours? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I hate it. I hate oh, it. I hate it. All right, mm. so we all have the same 24 hours. Technically, there are 24 hours in a day. I mean, we all experience the same passage of time thanks to something-something gravity, relatively, relativity, I don't know, um, science-y stuff. But if you're trapped in a job where you are paid poverty wages, right? In the United States, for example, a minimum wage earner can't afford a, a one-bedroom apartment. It's impossible. Mm. So if that is your situation, if you work for, say, I don't know, eight hours a day at Best Buy, and you're like, well, this doesn't cover rent, I need to get another job. So you get another wage, low-wage job at, say, McDonald's and pick up four hours there. Well, suddenly, most of your waking hours are taken up by these low-wage jobs, which barely give you enough money to afford the barest subsistence barely getting groceries, barely being able to afford your utilities to keep the lights on, to keep your, your cell phone connected, to, to put gas in your car because we don't have public transportation. All of these things add up. It takes so much time just to be able to make ends meet that effectively mm. you don't have any time at all. So you have no time to develop skills that you know these billionaires say you should develop. You don't have time to go to school. You don't have time to pursue entrepreneurial ideas that these people say you should pursue. So, in essence, if you don't have capital to start with, you are at a tremendous disadvantage because capital buys you time. 
essentially. Literally. If you don't have to work, if you do not have to work because you have existing capital, then you have, in, in essence, more than 24 hours. You've got that time free mm-hmm. to do what you want to do with it. It's not consumed by tedious, meaningless labor. I mean, just ask the person who says everybody has the same 24 hours where they heard it from. And they're going to say like uh, Gary V on YouTube or something. Uh. Well, the fact that you have time to watch Gary V on YouTube means that you do not understand just how little time people that actually fucking work their asses off have. Thank mm. you. Fuck yeah. Gary V, by the way. <laughs> but no, hold on. I was going to say, I don't know if any of you have had the uh, supreme displeasure of speaking to a you know uh, upper class professional working couple uh, mm. if you've ever had that all the time you know every it's second the day. most JT probably fucking, as it's, well oh my god yeah. Yeah. it's the most fucking brain rotting shit because it's especially okay uh one one aspect is whenever you speak to the man is always a piece of shit always um but you know when you expect some sense you would want to talk to the woman and usually the women in these couples are even worse yeah. because sometimes they look down like they'll say stupid shit like oh having children is so easy like raising my kids was like a breeze for me and then they don't realize that yeah they had the fucking au pair and they had the fucking nanny and they have a driver to take them to and from work and from school and to their fucking activities and the mother herself has a fucking personal assistant and a a home fucking cook uh, that does everything for her she has some ethnic minority cleaner that cleans the car and cleans the house and looks after the fucking kids right so basically all she had to do was maybe breastfeed if even that by the way because in some fucked up parts especially third world countries uh, you still have the weird tradition or, or, or um, uh, activity where basically a woman will have children and then they'll have some fucking poor woman basically do the breastfeeding for them. I guess in, in some way it takes it reduces the value of this upper class woman or something. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's such stupid fucking... And that's, that's kind of my point. Uh, when it comes to these people and they say everybody has the same 24 hours, no. When it comes to education, for example, the Elon Musks of the world basically can afford all the tutors that they, that they need to excel in school. And if need be, they can even bribe, which is very common, by the way. Even in the top, ooh, most fancy fucking top 1% of the 1% of uh, schools and universities and whatnot, this sort of shit of bribing and the nepotism happens. Um, so you're always going to find a way of excelling in, in, in your studies, either through genuine hard work, uh, but with a lot of assistance, or through bribing your way through. And then when you get enter into work life, you have the connections of your parents who are massively wealthy that you you and your poor parents don't have. Uh, you'll have already this a massive amount of capital that you can throw around to invest or just play around with. And even uh, the self-confidence, a... the self-confidence. Yeah. The difference between Yale and where you studied, Hakim, or where you studied, JT, or where I studied, is let's be fucking honest, but 10 to 20% in the fucking curriculum. But when you have Yale as your mm-hmm. diploma and you walk into a room, you walk in very differently than somebody with a diploma from fucking Wisconsin, you know? <laughs> it's a big yeah, fucking... despite <laughs> the fact that the quality of education is usually not that fucking different. Exactly. Usually it's exactly. measured by output of research and that's fucking such a bullshit point because usually these people, these universities have larger endowments so they have yeah. more money to dedicate to the, 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 all that bullshit. Uh, it gets very complicated but TLDR, there's very little difference uh, especially in, in modern university education. Um, but one thing that, uh, just to, 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 to build up, the job thing I think is the most important one because how many people, I, I, probably JT, because this is more common in the US. Actually, no. Actually, no, no, this might be more common in the third world, but uh, I, that's an interesting conversation. How many people do you guys know that have basically, they're absolute fucking losers. They haven't done anything with their fucking life, but they got a very nice, high-paying, cushy job because daddy's a fucking high-level manager at some uh, company or, you know, this sort of shit. Yeah. I, I can't, I, there's maybe, maybe over two or three dozen that I know. 
yeah of people with no redeemable fucking self qualities whatsoever who are the fucking oh you know they do the, the the pills and whatnot because oh they're rich and bored and they have fucking bad company as friends fuck those people yep. right and no redeeming qualities whatsoever and then oh fucking daddy's a ceo so they get uh, a four hundred thousand uh, dollar a a month fucking job and daddy's fucking rental properties and all that kind of shit yeah. i mean those people aren't even happy like capitalism hurts them obviously not as much as it hurts a working class yeah, person but it literally takes away their control over actually what will happen throughout their own life they they were born as daddy's little son or daughter and they will die as in most cases as daddy's little son or daughter so in this maybe i'm being too fucking uh, philosophical here but in a way the system does hurt uh, the wealthy as well in ways that they themselves don't even uh, understand it does Mm. Yeah, no, the nuance is very much appreciated. Sorry, Jay, to go on. No, yeah, I think there's something to that. I mean, if you look at the Fox News guy, uh, Rupert Murdoch, who recently um, stepped down and passed it on to his son, you got to wonder, like, does the son actually want to do this? What does he think of this? I mean, f- well, fuck both of those people. They're evil. But <laughs> on the other hand, like... Yeah, the son's going to be remembered as the son of Rupert Murdoch, the guy who started this great empire, and he's just going to, you know, fade into nothingness, and everyone will remember his dad and not him. But yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 easy and comfortable to be to fade into nothingness when you're literally sur- when you're surrounded by unfathomable pharaonic <laughs> yeah. levels of wealth. But yes, go on. Very Sorry, true. you say you know some. Well, I was yeah. just going to say, yeah, you're you were correct that I I do know, um, or at least have met before a good number of people who just by virtue of what their parents do now have a very comfortable existence like they they work for their parents they've or they had their their down payment on their house paid um so they just got to to leapfrog over their their yeah. working class uh brethren and and landed comfortably in, in the lap of luxury so yeah definitely a problem i bought i bought my fir- i bought my first fucking four room house in new in central new york at the <laughs> age of 19 what have you been up yeah, to the fucking yeah. Snapchat here's how i did it. it here's how i did it oh. daddy bought it oh, oh, fucking had great yeah. ideas some 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 are even honest with it there's this new type of uh rich kid the youtuber that's like doesn't even hide it. He's like, yeah, dad bought me the 17th Ferrari. <sighs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, this is another favorite of these people. Whenever you try to criticize them and then they realize that, you know, they're kind of losing ground, they're going to be, they're going to usually fire back with, but these billionaires, they give so much to charity. They're philanthropists. They're mm. such good people. Mm, such good people. They're full on rapists. <laughs> 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 I know he, they took pictures with uh, what's his, uh, with Epstein, all right, at his uh, island. But I promise you, he was there to fish. <laughs> he was there to fish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. First of all, have you people forgotten how to do math? Like Jeff Bezos went to some gala recently, and everyone was making donations, and he gave very reluctantly after everyone else did. He gave $500,000 to whatever charity this was. And people in the room literally groaned because they're like his peers. They're, they're also incredibly wealthy people. And it's, they, mm. they groaned because they understand just how tiny a fraction of his mountains of wealth that $500,000 is. Like someone said, he gave less money in that $500,000 than he made while pretending to eat his his dry chicken for two minutes at the mm. gala. it's a, I mean, any of us could go out and give 10 bucks to a homeless guy on mm. the street and have done more based on our class standing mm. than Jeff Bezos did at that gala. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly right. 
I, I, if I remember correctly, I think it was $22. If you have given $22 in any charity or to a homeless person or something in a one-year period, given average like uh, household income on the United States, then you have by percentage of your wealth given more to charity than the vast majority of billionaires. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Like 50 billionaires, bro. We. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So it's it's a stupid point. And by the way, of course, we have to remember that uh, the reason they give to 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 charities is twofold. Number one, the the money that they're giving is unearned. Okay, it's yep. all again through surplus extraction and through wage theft and a, a dozen other uh, varieties, uh, dozen other methods of uh, illicit uh, gain of wealth. Uh, but also, the second is a lot of them use this as tax write-offs. Yep. They're benefiting a lot more than they're giving away. So, uh, you know, yeah. Or they set up bullshit fucking foundations, which they kind of give to their kids. So it's a, a way, a, a roundabout way of avoiding taxes while some, uh, simultaneously funneling money into um, a relative's bank account or some yeah, shit like this. Yeah, without having right? to pay the inheritor's tax and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. For, for every exactly. $3... That one percenters in the United States contribute to "quote unquote" philanthropy, the federal government loses one dollar one dollar in tax revenue. So, for every three dollars donated, the federal government loses one dollar in tax revenue. They are literally scamming you out of your own money by "quote unquote" giving you money. Yeah, and those people also always say, like, "Well, you know what? It's it's, but it's still a lot of money. Like five hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money that can do." a lot of good at, in the hands of the right charity. And that last bit is key because most of the time these charities, like you guys said, are either fraudulent or just straight up money laundering or not actually doing much good, like uh, Salvation Army, for example. It's just tax write-offs. So whenever you see billionaires giving money to some uh, charity or philanthropy group, look into it. Just give it a quick Google search. I guarantee you will find it's a scam or it's just a big way for for the rich to save money. Exactly, and don't forget that after they become very massive philanthropists that are respected by the community and by the political class, they end up getting control over the public policy-making process itself. I mean, the think tanks, the institutions, the organizations, which you guys mentioned, the wealth funds, they shape and kind of distort everything that we define as political discourse you know they define define the bounds of what gets discussed and what gets ignored and boys let me quote none other than warren buffett's son (laughs) of all people uh i don't want people to perceive us as some kind of jealous commies who don't have what it takes to make it and make crazy money that's why we're talking about this shit so yes (laughs) warren buffett's son stated You'll see heads of state meeting with investment managers and corporate leaders, all of them searching for answers with their right hand to problems that others in the room have created with their left. And their answers, Buffett charges, almost always keep the existing structure of inequality in place. Ladies and gentlemen, when the son of America's least hated billionaire (laughs) can see this and openly state this, why do you, Jimmy, living in famous-ass Wisconsin suburbia on seven mortgages and ten alimony payments think you live in a just, <laughs> opportunity-rich, democratic landscape? Give me a break and stop it with all the Kool-Aid drinking, okay? And, like, Buffett, Buffett's son, Buffett Jr. or whatever, actually very wisely dubs this uh, comforting charade so-called conscience laundering 
Ooh. Philanthropy helps the wealthy feel less torn about accumulating more than any one person could possibly need. They sleep yeah, better more than one person at night. More than most nations. Yeah, yeah. More, exactly. more than most nations, man. The fucking the pharaohs. Like again, uh, the reason I like this example is because number one, it's historically accurate, and number two, um, Wolf used it with a lot of uh, let's say uh, government pathos. stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> government dust. But yeah, it's like yeah, it's wealth that makes the pharaohs blush. I just wanted to say though, um, no, no offense to the the guy in Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin. Shout out Wisconsin. to you, my friend. Okay, we we all love you, Abby. We Tovinish, do. Seriously, you favorite commenter. <laughs> Honestly, Agreed. yeah, I love how I'm having this fucking uh, five thousand mile. Is that even? It's probably long, much more than that. Fucking uh, long form of discussion with you through these uh, <laughs> stupid fucking podcasts. But now, my favorite argument, and of course, the favorite argument of the people who usually uh, this is the last one. This is the last bullet they have in the chamber. Um, so let's uh, let's uh, dunk on it. But they risked so much. They oh risk God. for them and their businesses <laughs> to get off the ground. They risk long hours of labor. They risk. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, is the billionaire who risks? <laughs> <laughs> <So> can, you, <laughs> can you please, please give me your opinion on the risk argument? All right. So risk is when you go out on your own with nothing in your pocket and, you know, try to take care of your family. That's risky. What is not risky is receiving $300,000 from your parents or a million dollars for your parents or in Elon Musk's case $4.9 billion in government subsidies. This is also yeah. of course the guy who just said that we should get rid of all government subsidies. So that's the thing. Like they wasn't say he, sorry, go sorry, ahead. wasn't he also the the guy who wrote oh Bernie's a taker not a yeah. maker or some yeah. fucking yeah. shit. Was like my guy, like, okay, you, fuck you Bernie Sanders more. Ah, not, okay, you wouldn't be oh, sorry, here without sorry, sorry. the without these government subsidies. Like it would, your your rockets would explode on the launch pad. Like everything yeah. you do, <laughs> there's no risk in what you do except looking like an asshole, which you always do anyway. <laughs> so, come yeah, on, honestly, <laughs> what annoys me about this idea is exactly this. You do nothing but take. You take from the government. You take from your workers. You take from, like, literally every aspect of society. And you have the gall, the fucking audacity to be like, mm, yes, but I am a maker. <laughs> <laughs> fucking eat my ass. But no, no. Um, I really don't like this argument because it kind of presupposes that only the business owner risks. But think, actually think about it. When a person starts a business... Usually they're already fairly wealthy. There's this stupid idea of oh, small business owner with their you know mom and pop fucking they 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 uh, uh, collect uh, twenty five thousand dollars to start their fucking I don't know uh, dragon dildo store <laughs> to use a previous episode's example, right? That's not the reality. The vast majority of successful businesses are run by people who already have massive amounts of wealth or at least have some form of access to massive amounts of wealth, right? And these people, if their business was to go under, yeah, they'd stand to lose some money, probably a lot of money, but their living standard generally will probably not change. They're not going to suddenly go from flying private jets to working McDonald's, right? They might have to, ooh, oh, oh, fucking the the horror, the the fucking, oh, the humanity that they would have to fucking, I don't know, reduce from a uh, 23-bedroom mansion to a a (laughs) 19-bedroom mansion, right? Like, uh, you know? If they would even lose money at all, which most of the time it's all like uh, um, held up in insurances and whatnot, that they'll find some stupid way of writing off their losses and all that yeah. kind of shit. But the people who work at this business, um, it will be a, a man or a woman or both, maybe a couple who works. Their kids are going to local schools. Their entire lives are set up around the existence of this particular business. If it were to go under, then their 
whole life, uh, their, their whole lives are fucking messed up. The, they have a mortgage on the house that they won't be able to pay. Maybe they have loans on a car or something. They have student loan payments that they won't be able to 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 um, uh, pay back or to meet. They'll have uh, difficulties educating their children. Maybe especially if it's around university time and shitholes like the U.S. don't have fucking free education. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et the, the the idea that it's only the business owner that risks is so myopic. It's it's stupid. It's 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 you must be intentionally blinding yourself to yeah. the realities of the world if you think some dude with fucking you know uh, thirty million dollars all of a sudden started a business that failed is gonna be the one who truly suffers when the business goes under. Yeah, and it forgets like, okay, you're risking with what? You're risking with eons and eons of. Uh, human information and civilization built on top of each other. The car you take to the garage where you invent the new fucking MacBook is driven on a road that is built by your community. The pieces of uh, tech that you inject into your iPhone 75 or what it was, 65% of it was created uh, for government and military purposes uh, again, funded by taxpayers' money. Uh, sure, you can uh, throw around the argument of it's your great, brilliant idea, and oh, you took so many risks in order to create it. But there are so many thousands before you that have taken even greater risks for you to even be able to sit there in your garage and create what you're creating, that you owe society and civilization a debt which you should mm. pay but through your idea and not expect that your idea should pay you for a lifestyle so lavish that as Hakim said that the pharaohs would be jealous of you it is an argument that shoots itself in the foot every time it is used both because of the factors and facts that you guys said but also because of the key concept that ideas do not exist in bubbles the risk does not exist in a bubble it is always a next step in a very very long chain of events which have led you to be where you are so but unfortunately instead of being grateful that they even have the ability to create what they are creating and then share it with society they think because they were the first ones to do so uh, they deserve uh, the full wealth which uh, this thing creates it's the at the end of the day the the the, the simplest most rudimentary question of uh, pure individualism versus uh, versus community and the answer for everybody with half of a brain and more importantly half of a soul is uh, is community exactly right very beautifully put very mm. eloquent um, ashtidic as we say uh, the the point i think the tldr of all that is um, the contributions of every minute uh, aspect in society actually are what make up the whole, right? In a very dialectical sense, uh, think about it as a water, um, a water heater, right? Uh, or water boiling. It takes, uh, it slowly gets warmer and warmer until the phase change in which it's uh, the liquid changes into a gas. But all those little small um, physical reactions that take place within the boiling water are what then lead into this phase change. There is such a massive amount uh, of the and society is very similar in that regard. Uh, you who thinks you created some fucking you know thing that's gonna save humanity or the next big thing has been built off of like you got me said government subsidies and the individual labor of the thousands upon tens of thousands that work under you and plus millions that have preceded you uh, in every step of the way so it's uh very very um um 
like the hubris of the idea. But also the final point is, in case anybody gets this wrong, we as communists are not against compensation, fair compensation for people who do do something that is uh, remarkable or something that is uh, of merit, right? And this is reflected across even all social societies. The highest paid um, professions within the Soviet Union, for example, were um, highly scientific ones, for example, professors uh, within universities, professors of medicine, physics, mathematics, etc., as well as those of the arts, writers and certain artists and stuff like that, um, amongst other things. But this reflects the very idea that those who contribute the most to society in some way or the other uh, would be uh, compensated. The idea just is that they shouldn't be compensated to the level that makes them, you know, have to, uh, if you were to work the, the 2030 years or whatever that JT mentioned, you wouldn't even be able to, to make a fraction of. But I think that, that leads really well into talking about what role billionaires really play in society. Because we've talked about they're not innovators, they're not heroes, they don't really provide much of anything they take. So really the only conclusion that can be drawn is that these people are at base parasites. They leech off of society in every conceivable way. They steal from their workers. They take money from the government and claim it's all their own hard work. Um, and what they do is tremendously detrimental to the entire species. But that's not the only thing. I mean, the, the ultra-wealthy, they also hold the U.S. government hostage, and I'm sure other countries too, but it's, it's most noticeable here in the States, I'd say. Like, they'll, they'll threaten capital flight if they think they can get a tax break out of it. Like, Elon left California to come to Texas, hooray me, um, and he'd leave the country <laughs> if he could make more money elsewhere, which currently he can't because the United States is incredibly lucrative for people like him. So they get to basically write the laws that benefit not the rest of us, not the majority, but them, a tiny little club of multi-multi-billionaires, a level that no one could ever really hope to reach. They're, it's all being consolidated in, the, in fewer and fewer hands. Each time there's a crisis, vast sums of money are transferred from average people to these guys, to the billionaire class. They literally profit off of people suffering and dying. Like this pandemic, COVID, is the perfect example. Like billionaire wealth increased by 70%. 70%. Mm. That's like $2.1 trillion during the pandemic. All no, no, the we, while. We live, in a, we, yeah, we live in a democracy, guys. There's, there's, no, <laughs> there's no dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. You Marxists <laughs> and your weird ideal, uh, you're just ideologues, you know, you're demagogues. You don't know what you're talking about, okay? The mm. truly democratic United States and its political representatives have show have brazened the, the, the golden path towards human <laughs> equality and liberation which is the doubling of billionaire wealth in a little under a year <laughs> oh, okay you know yeah that, that sounds right to me yeah i've changed my mind i'm a capitalist stan now <laughs> no it's 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 disgusting honestly i mean mm. during that same period that that they increased their wealth by 2.1 trillion dollars average people they lost their jobs they lost their homes and for hundreds of thousands of people, they lost their lives. And all for profit. All, all just to make a tiny little club that little bit richer. So in conclusion, um, the, the billionaires in society are the ones who actually contribute the real value. We should be good little workers, <laughs> honest little workers, okay? You should strive to work harder, to work for a lower wage. Of course, you want to you wanna satisfy that manager, don't you? You want, you want, no. you want your CEO to buy the next, the next Ferrari model, don't you? <laughs> be thankful to your okay. boss. Work, Go. work extremely hard, uh, 20 hours Retweet a day. Retweet Elon Musk's tweets, okay. And <laughs> make sure that you work 20 hours a day so that your boss can buy a new Porsche. And don't forget, of course, that the, 
the market always um, uh, will fill a need and uh, invest in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's it for they're today. Shitting, That's all they're shitting advice. on crypto all the fucking time. Crypto's not that <laughs> fucking bad, except burning the whole planet down to the ground. But, you know, yeah, except please, for that little okay. bit. Make, please, make, okay. make some money, man. Do you. You okay. do you, man. Sell burning some crack. A whole, fucking do some, <laughs> do some burning crack. Burning a hole in the ozone layer to, to, to move numbers around in a computer. Uh. <laughs> yes. Big thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> this has been The Deep Program. I'm JT. I'm Hakeem. And I'm Yugopnik. Masturbate on your boss's time. <laughs> <laughs>